Rise and shine, roommates. It's your girl, Asia Turner, and you're now entering into a genuine conversation. Grab a coffee or even a hot tea, whichever you prefer. Please join alongside me as we speak about different topics as well as diverse personalities. Now open up your mind and curiosity as me and Miss Avital Miller speaks about purifying your happiness through yoga. How are you today, Miss Avital? I am fabulous, and I love that you started this with Rise and Shine. How fun. I know. We always have to have that great energy in us. We always, No matter what time of the day you wake up, you have to start on the right foot. And Rise with a great shine is definitely the best part. That's right. That's right. We could have two right feet also instead of two left feet. Like when we're dancing. <laughs> <laughs> and still be a great morning. Have you laughing and smiling. So we definitely want to focus on this year, we are focusing on confronting conflicts, traumatic events, loss, and breakthrough of healing. So for us and for our listeners, do you mind defining yoga as a healing process for the ones that see it more as stretching? Okay. Yoga traditionally has eight limbs to it. And the yoga part that became popular in the United States, in the Americas, is the limb, just one limb, that has to do with the physical aspect of yoga. And it became something for fitness, right? To build strength and flexibility in the body, which is a wonderful, wonderful thing for us to do. And in a lot of yoga classes, they've been introducing it more and more, but in a lot of yoga classes, it's not explained that this is a, a tiny piece of the whole picture. Also, in fact, the yoga piece was originally created to prepare people for meditation, which are more of the other non-physical aspects of those eight limbs. And it wasn't created for physical fitness. It was created to release tension in the body so that it's easier for the body to sit still in meditation and so that it starts to help clear the mind to also make it easier to sit in meditation. Well, hopefully that answers your question. It does. I was just about to say, how can yoga be a tool of healing? But that ending sentence just explain it for it all. It basically helps you relax your body, relax your mind and prepare yourself for, I don't, I don't want to say greater purpose, but I, I'm going to say greater purpose because doing my research within meditation, meditation allows you to overcome a lot of stress and negativity. And to me in life, that is a greater purpose to be able to, to overcome negativity and just see the peaceful part of life. Even the yoga that's used as fitness can be very healing because it's still important for our bodies to get that exercise and to take that time to breathe deeply while we do it. Your breath is one of the greatest healing things that we could do for ourselves. How long would you recommend an individual to, to do yoga or for a beginner? How would we start out? Do, would you recommend us? Obviously, you are the perfect source to go to. But if we couldn't reach your information at that time, do we, is it great to go on YouTube source? Should we just start by bulletproof, basically, you know, sitting up straight, having a clear mind and breathing in and out for 15 minutes? Is it, is, is it as simple as that for beginners? I feel like there's a couple questions in there, right? And so yeah, one I of just them ramble. <laughs> is 
how, how long, no, no, that's okay. How long should we start? Right. Mm-hmm. Second question is where should we find the resources to right. start? Um, and then a third one is just, you know, what does the practice look like when you first begin? And I'll talk about yoga right now in relation to both yoga and meditation. Um, mm-hmm. So I'll talk about both of them and together. And in terms of when you start, what I'm going to say is start with the amount that feels enjoyable for you. If we start with too much to fit into our schedule or more than what we enjoy, then it's not likely something that we're going to continue. Thus, if you choose that, I'm just going to start with five minutes of yoga once a week and then once a day, and then you start increasing the time, but you're likely to enjoy it if you're doing it in the right way for you, which means you'll naturally want to do more and doing the practice will naturally give you more energy, which then means you're more productive the rest of your time. So this five minute investment that you make initially saves you time outside of that, which then means you can have even more time to invest in the practice, which then feeds into exponentially increasing the amount of energy and time that you have in your life. That's the first question, my recommendation of how long do you start with? The second thing is where to find the resources. For the physical practice of yoga, we do run a lot of risk in injuring ourselves. My honest opinion, I feel it is important to work with an actual practitioner uh, in the beginning. I just don't recommend doing it on your own. Um, Even myself, who has a dance degree, who has all of the yoga certifications. I grew up as a gymnast. You know, I've been a teacher trainer in fitness and yoga and a fitness director. Even with all that, if I don't have any instructors, I video myself and then watch myself and become my instructor that way. Because mm. it's very natural for our bodies to start misaligning themselves in ways that can injure ourselves while we're in these positions. Even if you're starting in simple positions right? Anyone just standing, if you're standing with your back arched or bent backwards, you're causing pressure on your back and how wonderful <laughs> you to have <laughs> other, other eyes on you to, to be able to say, Hey, just shift your pelvis this way. And you're going to release a lot of tension on your back. And then you're going to find that as long as you hold that in your spine and all the positions, you'll be able to do a lot more in your practice. Uh, so definitely like for the sake of injury, you know, I mean, yes, YouTube videos are very accessible. Uh, A lot of yoga schools have now gone online since the COVID pandemic. Uh, So there's going to be more opportunity to study online. I've always been available to work with people one-to-one through zoom. And, you know, if you, if you want the specialized treatment, you work one-to-one with the teacher. Um, that's you know, more of an investment, but you, you could go to a group class that has a really good teacher. I kept my eyes on everyone. And I always taught to all levels in the room, no matter what level the class was, because it's always dependent on who comes in. There are a lot of yoga teachers who are not giving you that much information about how to hold your body in good alignment. Uh, so I highly recommend that you pay attention to that. Are they just telling you the position of the pose or showing you or are they actually telling you 
point your knee in the direction of your toes so that you don't twist in your knee. You lift up from the bottom of your belly so you're not hurting your low back. Okay, so those are two common tips for you right there. <laughs> uh, so that, I'm taking that's- it all in the gyms. I'm taking all your gyms in. <laughs> yes, yes. And And then you had asked the last one, like, what does that practice look like in the beginning? Um, Oh, and actually I'll say this for, if you're beginning meditation, like the actual meditation practice, um, the sitting meditation practice. So for a lot of people, um, like if you don't have any instruction, I mean, some people can be successful. And one of the people in my book, healing happens stories of healing against all odds. His name is Sam Shelley. He, he, he had bipolar depression and was suicidal and started meditating five minutes a day without instruction and started healing and getting off medicine. He was on for his entire adult life. That's not necessarily a common scenario, possible, but not common. Um, and a lot of times when you have depression or when you're bipolar and you sit without instruction, you're going to think negative thoughts and you're not going to feel good while you meditate. So I highly recommend you find the right type of instruction that actually gives you techniques to do things that are kind of fun, I feel to do, but they're going to help automatically calm you down and relax your mind and tune your mind into a more positive state so that the sitting practice is more enjoyable. And so that also explains a little bit about when you're beginning Uh, meditation practice. I actually teach people a set of standing physical exercises called energization exercises that were created by the yoga guru, Paramahatsu Yogananda. They're really fun. They get you moving. And when you're not used to sitting, that is a great way to start. By the time you're done with them, your mind and your body are so much more relaxed, similar to what a physical yoga posture class can do for you, that it's going to be much easier to then do this sitting techniques of meditation. And for yoga postures, I recommend doing something. Um, <laughs> you know, we, we always start with warm-ups of the body before we go into actual postures. Or I shouldn't say we always, but I start people that way <laughs> and I highly recommend it. Um, because again, yoga was not actually created for fitness and a lot of people actually get injuries by diving in too quickly or doing too much of it. Uh, For instance, I've been to a lot of yoga classes where they start the class in downward facing dog. And for those of you who aren't familiar with what downward facing dog is, imagine yourself on the floor on hands and knees, and then you just lift your knees up and you straighten your legs. And the biggest challenge that people have in that position is putting a lot of their body weight on their hands and their wrists right away without warming up their wrists. Mm -hmm. Uh, What a lot of people don't know is that you should really have a straight spine in that position. Uh, And so it's fine to keep your knees bent. A lot of people would assume they should straighten their legs and then bend their spine. And that's putting a lot of impact on your spine. So we also need to strengthen the abdominals to help support the spine. So those are a couple examples of warm up things. It's just rolling your hands around for your wrists and doing a little bit of actually core work sometimes to get the abdominal muscles to awaken and support you throughout the practice. Uh, so if you were looking for, let's say like a YouTube, you know, you were just on your own, then maybe just look for either a yoga warm up or a beginning yoga session uh, to start with. 
So let's, I'm going to just go back on focusing on the mind a little bit. Mm-hmm. And um, my, the biggest curiosity I have within yoga is, is it, um, well, after you told me or after you had educated me that yoga and meditation basically sits in the, well, does sit in the same book. Um, does yoga play a form of mind over matter or or a form of reverse psychology, letting us know what's right or wrong when you're healing from a negative situation and going into a positive, is that a form of reverse psychology when it comes to your mentality? Yeah. So there's three ways that just popped into my mind about how yoga can support that. We'll see if I, if I remember all three of them as I go. Um, but the first thing is that believe it or not, there's something else that I didn't quite mention yet is that the yoga postures, if you've seen the full gamut of them, they look kind of interesting and you're putting (laughs) your body in all these interesting positions and directions that you might not normally think of. That actually does a lot to your internal organs. Getting your body upside down does a lot to your internal organs. When you're revitalizing your internal organs like that, it is automatically going to connect to the mind and the emotions and release tension that you're holding in those areas. The second thing is, and this is very interesting with the mind over matter concept, is that a lot of times our mind is like a block and it has a tendency to go towards the doubts, the the negative thoughts, the fears, right? And when we want to take action and the mind is the first thing to help us get there, but it's going towards all those doubts, or I have also called them mind fricks. It's really hard to get there. You've got this whole block. Right. Well, yoga is a physical practice. You're doing it with your body. Thus, (laughs) um, you're getting past the mind automatically because your body is doing the work, not the mind. But it automatically relaxes the mind to be going into that physical practice. Mm -hmm. And then you can get past the blockages that the mind can create. Now we can also train the mind to focus more positively versus negatively. And this is the third point that I wanted to mention specifically the type of practice that I trained in, it's called Ananda yoga. And it it comes from the inspiration of the yoga guru Paramahansa Yogananda. His disciple Swami Kriyananda specifically coined this as Ananda yoga. There are affirmations with each posture. And so when I do, I leave what I call my yoga is do drop yoga because I'm bringing in my whole expertise from being a gymnast and dancer as well. Uh, so we had a little bit more variety than, than just what was in the Ananda yoga. Um, but so both in the Ananda yoga and for a lot of the postures in the do drop yoga, we say affirmations. And of course, these affirmations are things that are going to make us think more positively. Um, I joyfully rise, you know, it, it, it's to the presence and the, and the power that I am. Um, I offer love and goodwill to soul friends everywhere. You know, I, I'm expanding my body into joy and energy. This is along the lines of what the affirmations encompass. Uh, and so it, 
if you're getting into hesitations while you're in these postures with your mind and you're worried, am I doing it well? And, oh, this hurts or this person's doing it better than me. You say the affirmations instead. It takes charge of your mind and you start training your mind to focus more on the positive aspects that could come out of the experience. So I just have one question about duration. I know you said that um, in the beginning when it comes to yoga and how long you should do it, it really all depends on the person. Now, when it comes to that breakthrough process, meaning like, because I'm going to just use me as an example, because I'm never far, I'm far from the perfect person in the world. So I go through a lot now. I have a lot of stress and yoga and meditation is one thing I am really trying to break through to find that positive part within my life. So my question to you is, what is the time frame for that breakthrough? Like, when do you know that you have finally like gotten into that, the piece of yoga, that, that help, the happiness and healing of it all? Like, how do you know that, you know, the next day when you wake up, you just have to do 15 to 30 minutes of yoga and your, your body is just energized for the day. Oh, I wish I could say there's like a magic number for everyone. I will give you some magic numbers. Um, Minimum, you know, (laughs) depending on what you want, but everything is about how you do it. Mm. So a, a person who naturally relaxes into it and doesn't have a lot of stress in their life could potentially get away with five minutes a day. If you're really going to work all parts of your body in the physical practice, right? Um, Then I would recommend 30 minutes a day and have variety between those days. If you're going to get all parts of your body in one practice, one hour. If you're going to include the peace of mind aspects of more breathing and sitting meditation, you're going to, and then the energization exercises, you're going to be going an hour and a half to two hours in your practice. Now that might not be a practice that you do every day when it gets that long, but you have a more complete practice within that. So it also depends on, you know, do I want to do three or four, two hour practices a week, or do I want to do 30 minutes a day? Um, You know, maybe you just do five minutes of meditation and 25 minutes of postures in that magic number. And I I want to encourage people also to, as they're doing the practice, number one, to think long-term to see the effects of it. But number two, this is, this is kind of fun to pay attention to, but one of the chapters in my book, I have to remember the the final name Mm -hmm. that I, that I came up with. Um, But what happened in, in there was this woman was getting treatment and she kept saying, nothing happened, nothing happened. And what we found out is, is we get into a new normal. And if you start measuring from the beginning, certain aspects, like how calm do I feel? How stressed am I getting? You know, how much pain is in my body on a scale of one to 10, let's say, or how am I responding to this situation at work when this coworker gets annoying or when this family member never cleaned up (laughs) in the house, how am I responding to that? So pick very measurable things and then choose on a scale of one to 10. So you can create like your yoga stress journal, let's say. And, and then I want you, you know, like a a week later and then a month later, you don't have to do it every day. Um, But but every now and then to do a check-in and go through each of those categories and rate yourself. 
And that's when you start to see, well, I, I used to respond at a six, but now I'm responding at a nine. Like, mm. so I'm, I'm getting better. Um, that, that may help you see, right? Uh, if you're away from an environment for a while and you go back into it, you'll notice right away you respond differently. The right. other thing that you'll notice is that other people will tell you that they see a difference in you. As an instructor for over 13 years, what are some testimonies you heard from your students about processing of healing, their process of healing? Okay, testimony. Oh, I should tell you, I've actually been teaching yoga for over 20 years. Um, but <laughs> you did say that, and I have I that in the notes, but then I read it on your website, and I was like, maybe I wrote down the number wrong. No, no, it's okay. It just means that I made my website seven years ago. Um, <laughs> I need to update it. But I'm not paying attention to the details. Um, but <laughs> ask me the question again because I got it. As an instructor for over 20 years, what are some testimonies you heard for students about the process of healing? The testimony is I have heard from students. This is kind of fun one of them described that it's kind of like fixing an instrument he literally made this analogy because you kind of you know you do a little and then you sort of check you tune in does it sound okay and you do a little more and then you check on it um it's not always an overnight fix generally isn't realistically it's possible But generally, it takes a little bit more time. And then you get all the pieces working together. And there's this beautiful harmony and a beautiful song that can come out once we slowly work through piece by piece of this instrument. I love that. So what are some wisdoms you gained through your journey and that you can share with us? Okay. I feel a lot of times on the yoga path and a lot of healing paths, we get the sense like something must be wrong and therefore we need to do all these things in order to change because there's something wrong with ourselves. Just the thought that something is wrong with yourself can feel very harmful. The only thing I believe we actually ever need to change is that we feel there's something wrong. We may have goals we want to reach or experiences we would like to enjoy. And we can make adaptations in order to be more successful in those areas. But it doesn't mean anything was wrong. It just means that we're creating shifts in order to access a different dimension. I love that. That was great. I like the insight that you have given for us. And I definitely appreciate your experience that you have brought to In My Room Only. I cannot be more grateful for you giving us your time and your insight on yoga. And I just want to get into you and your business. And I just want to shout you out just a little bit or a lot of it. We'll see. So give us a little insight <laughs> on your book, Healing Happens. Where can we purchase it as well? Simple. Go to healinghappensbook.com. Oh, got its own website. 
Yes. Yes. It has its own website. And that actually links you into the entire healing happens website where you'll have access to some other resources like my podcast, my blog, my online courses, my meditation group, which is called sit and succeed. Um, maybe I should say briefly what the book is. So people know, you know, I mentioned it, uh, but I have a story of healing from an autoimmune disorder beyond what was expected. And when I noticed that happened to me, I got tuned into this whole concept of healing and what's possible. And all of a sudden I started meeting all of these people who were told they were going to die in a few months or a few hours, mm. but I was meeting them years after that prognosis. And that's what got me really curious to say, is there a pattern here? And let me put all of these stories together in one book. So this book has my story and then 17 of the interviews I did with all these different kinds of health and healing experts. And it includes these miracle healing stories and then their tips that can be applied to almost any path of healing that you choose. Mm. So tell us a little bit about your website. And I do want to let everyone know all the maids, her blog is amazing. I read them. And I love them. And I run them because um, because I wanted to, obviously. And not even that. I wanted to look into different blogs because I have recently started my own. And yours, I, I, the insight you give, the explanation, is, as well as the details, is great for the individuals that's reading. It helps me a lot. And I wasn't even looking for help. I just wanted to read. So if you can just give us a little uh, bit, a little insight on your website, because you are a healer. So, and like I told you in the beginning, and like I'm telling my mates now is that 2021 is really about healing. We have been through so much emotions and negativity in life, and sometimes others can't control mm -hmm. it. So I am like, I'm going to be awfully grateful for you to come on this platform and be able to help individuals that need help. So just give us a little bit of insight on your website and just the little parts that you provide, the help that you provide in different categories as well. Let it all out. Let us know. Okay, absolutely. How much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I did mention the healinghappensbook.com website, and that'll take you to the Healing Happens blog. I have written more. Now, everything I write in a sense, everything that I do in a sense creates healing on a certain level, which is why I call myself a healing breakthrough facilitator. Uh, but sometimes it, se it seems a little out there for some of the, the topics to be bubbled into what we normally think of as healing. And so those blog posts are on the avitalmiller.com website. Uh, those of you listening, avital, it's actually spelled like a vital. So A, V for victory, I, T for talented, A, L, and then Miller is like M for Mary, I, L for love, L for love, E, R for Roger, avitalmiller.com. So you'll, you'll find the all, almost all my blog posts on there. Um, and I've dived into a lot of areas. I've taken a lot of trainings and I've been influenced by yoga. I've been influenced by meditation. I'm a dancer. So I've been influenced by dance. I have been influenced by relationship programs and, and books and, and studying that I've done. Um, my meditations and, and the spirituality that sort of comes with that. And what I'm always looking at is I'm watching the people around me. 
I'm listening to what my clients are telling me and taking in what are the common challenges that we're having in our daily lives and what is a perspective that knowing that perspective will create a lot of ease, grace, harmony, and flow so that we feel more energetic, so that we feel more joyful, so that we feel more successful, so that we feel healthier, right? So we feel more beautiful inside out. So we have the confidence and the courage to approach everything that is showing up in life and feel good about what we have done. So this are kind of the generalistic you know, viewpoints. And I have related my blog post, blog post travel is another area that I love. So you'll see all of these categories, like getting out in nature and a hiking trip that I did where I, I could just started hiking a trail I really shouldn't have been on. And <laughs> <laughs> what I learned from that experience, uh, I went skydiving. Uh, about a month ago. And I, I put a lot of attention into how I was approaching the experience. The first time I did it 20 years ago, I was very scared mm. and I wanted to make it more enjoyable this time and for it to have a lot of purpose and, and meaning behind it to create transformation in my life. Uh, so that's an example. You can read, what did I do when I approached that? And then think about anything that you do in life that feels scary. Right. And use some of those techniques to create a different approach. Because imagine being able to do whatever it is that you want to do, one, despite the fear, but two, feeling less fear, or maybe getting to the place of having no fear. Right. And freedom. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So those are some examples of what's in the blog posts. And your seminars? How do you, how do they work? Um, do you do seminars just through yoga, through dance? What do your seminars relate to? Everything. Yes. <laughs> yes. Everything. I, ha- I have, I have created programs on each of those tracks as well. Um, I tend to combine all of it in each, in each program in, in some way, but there's always a focus. What I recommend that people start with is coming to my webinar. It's online and we spend about 45 minutes together just so you have time to ask questions, um, but it's called Energize Your Life, Three Keys to Unlock Unlimited Energy. One of the things that I didn't mention was that I used to be called an energizer bunny. And if you just take in all these things that I said that I've learned in my life and um, takes energy to be able to do that much. But when I had my health issues, I was dealing with fatigue Mm. and that was really depressing and embarrassing. It felt like I was losing my identity and I might lose my job. Right. And all of you, if you started losing the skills that you need for your job or your favorite hobby, you're going to start being concerned. Right. So I had to learn a lot about energy, what made me naturally energetic previously, and what do I have control over to instantaneously shift my energy with natural resources, but also make more long lasting, sustained energy happening. Uh, So I share my three favorite, most accessible tips in this webinar. And I would love to invite all of your listeners to come as my guest. And you simply go to unlockunlimitedenergy.com to sign up for the next webinar.
All right, Miss Miller, Miss Avital Miller, your first name is so beautiful. You just, you cannot say it, like you have to. So Mrs. Miller, I am so grateful for you again for coming on this platform. Me and my mates adore every little tip you have given us. And I'm pretty sure I don't know about them, but I know I will be using it now, tomorrow, and in the future. So again, roommates, hopefully this episode has built your curiosity to look more into yoga and how it can make healing happen. Thank you again. And hopefully we'll have another conversation soon. Until next time, roommates. Thank you so much. This was an absolute joy and and a thrill. And you came in with so many great questions. And I really appreciate you taking the time to explore what I offer in depth as well and taking that interest in it. So thank you. Of course.